Welcome to the Weekly Beat by Mansa with your hosts Arnold Segawa, Maggie Mutesi, and Dumi Jere, giving you all the info on Africa's big finance and economic stories. The Weekly Beat by Mansa. Just like that, we are back, ladies and gents, with another episode of The Weekly Beat. My name is Jimmy Jerry, coming to you from Johannesburg in South Africa. And with me, my sister Maggie Omotesi in Dakar, Senegal. Maggie, how are you doing? I'm doing fantastic, Dumi. How are you? Good. It's very cold. Very, very, very cold. Is it the winter? Yeah. Uh, it's, it's, yeah, so temperatures are like, at least this week, we are hoping to get some, you know, warmish temperatures but last week oh yeah and it doesn't help that it's that cold and the country is facing huge electricity crisis lots of people use electricity for heating cooking lighting it's been a mess and speaking of electricity this week on this week's uh broadcast we are focusing on south africa there's lots that's happening in south africa if it's not unemployment at 35 percent it's uh electricity the rolling blackouts as we call them if it's not that it's climate change if it's not that it's the rand weakening against the u.s dollar making mm-hmm. uh, imports very expensive Mm. Uh, if it's not that, what else? Oh, fuel price going up and all of this amongst salaries not up. So the cost of existing in South Africa is getting very, very, very expensive for a lot of folk in this country. So, yeah, Maggie, where do we start this country of ours? I absolutely have no idea. <laughs> I just read an article that said... Uh, the country is losing about $40 million, over $40 million per day from power cuts. But the whole idea, Dumi, is that it's not even just the money lost. It's the businesses that are left out of business. I don't know if yeah. that makes sense. Yeah. yeah. You, for example, it's reading that some, some days you have to go nine hours without electricity. So if you are a small business owner, nine hours you haven't worked. Your costs are going up. You have to find ways to really keep the lights on. So you eventually become a generator, you know, business. But also the generator consumes fuel, which is also, you know, pollution. It's just a lot of things to put into context. But on an economy bit of it, I mean, it's just a lot of money bleeding out of the country, bleeding out Mm. of it. I don't know how accurate these figures are because I saw them on the Washington Post this morning. So I actually think those figures are somewhat conservative. Mm. I'm putting it honestly, because mm. th- there are a number of, call it well-known economists in South Africa. Some One is the chief economist at APSA, the bank. Barclays left. Yeah. Dude, uh, me, you need to move on faster. We we are living in 2022. APSA, that was even before COVID. Come on. <laughs> right. But anyway, as I was saying. Before like, COVID, um, before Ukraine and Russia. I mean, there are so many things that have happened. All right. <laughs> Um, the figure from the Washington Post, I mean, puts mm. that at just above half a billion rand at mm. today's exchange rate. But economists are actually predicting something in the region of 2 and 4 billion per day. Wow. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because to put it into context, there's different stages, power cuts, right? So mm. the highest we had lived through mm. uh, so far was stage 4. So if, if they stayed stage 4, then you know, oh, okay, things are really bad. But since last week, Things have escalated to stage six. 
it doesn't help that there's an illegal strike that the employees at the power utility company mm. are actually engaging in currently, right? Mm. So at stage six, it means it's just a lot more hours, sometimes four hours at a time. So you can imagine a scenario where power goes off at, say, four o'clock a.m. and comes back at, uh, say, 8.30, right? Fine, you can then start your day, mm. all right? But power is going off again at 12 o'clock mm. and it's coming back at 4.30. So literally, you probably have only, say, what, three and a half hours of productivity. Mm. Even mm. your laptop, if it was fully charged at 12 midday when power goes off, it's not going to take you all the way until 4.30. Your internet is affected, all of that, right? Uh, we're just talking of people that are working uh, from home or people that are running online businesses and stuff. Mm. Uh, we haven't even started touching on the actual industrialists that need ongoing power to survive and operate their businesses uh, and then the power will go off again at eight o'clock p.m to only come back at 10 30 p.m so it's not really sustainable mm. uh, and that's where you can really then see how bad the situation is and it doesn't help that it then just makes things worse and worse for south africa which is already sub investment grade credit rating according to the rating agencies. The deteriorating businesses, the deteriorating consumer yeah. confidence levels, all of that impacts the economy hard. When you then factor in all the other global things that are going on, Ukraine mm -hmm. war and... Um, commodity price. Uh, and and commodity prices and all of that stuff. Life just becomes much, much, much harder for folks. But at the same time, on this show, we try to find silver linings. <laughs> in things that are going on. <laughs> I wish, by the way, before you go further, because I saw another number on uh, yeah. this article, I think came out a day ago, two days ago. I think you've heard of Nova Economics. They yeah, yeah. said that, you know, the power cuts just last week cost the South African economy $750 million just last week. But that's also less. If you lose $40 million a day, you're just going to have to multiply that by probably five to seven days to see how much you've lost in a week. But again, like you said, this also increases the risk of downgrading, you know, the country's investment rating, yeah. investment rating you know, to something. I don't know. I'm, I can't. I don't even know what it's going to look like in the next couple of months. Junk. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, but it's, uh, it's a lot at risk. And I don't know. I, I, I guess when we were speaking earlier, I said to you, what does the president think about it? And, you know, the whole situation is that you know you have a problem for the past couple of years, but isn't it also a chance really to rethink, reimagine and innovate and, and probably find ways to light up the country through solar and renewable energies? Mm, I think to his defense, these problems didn't start yesterday. They started probably with maybe not even the previous president, but probably the one before that. I would think this problem started under the Tabo, President Tabombeki's regime. They were not addressed in time. And then a new president came in, President Zuma. Things, again, were not quite addressed. And mm. then we are now in this case. So the turnaround mm. is something that's not going to take one year or two years. Mm. It's going to take a long time. Right? Mm. To their credit, though, they are trying to open up and free up the space for independent mm. power producers. But where I fault them is where the policy doesn't move as fast. Mm. The market doesn't open up as fast as it should. 
because it's out. I feel like it's a simple thing if you really open up that market and allow people to really use, I mean, generate their own independent power and supply to the grid. That's where I feel like they're not removing so much urgency because that's the fastest way to mm. sort of plug this hole that keeps on growing. And so, but even in saying so, I think that's where people continually keep their eyes on the ground, say, what's happening? What's, what's next? What mm. is the policy now? What is the way forward now? Because mm. therein lies the investment opportunities, particularly from a solar generation uh, mm. perspective. Clean energy. In any case, mm-hmm. we are trying to go green everything that we're doing, right? Absolutely. So, yes, legislation is there. It's not changing as fast as it should to accommodate a lot of it. All you just need to do is open up that market, blow it up open, and we'll find lots of players from lots of places. But then the question then becomes, okay, once I produce my power as an independent person and then supply it to the grid, will the country be able to pay me? Since it's below investment grade and consumer levels are not there and things are already difficult in the country, will I get my money from <laughs> from this government? Mm-hmm. And it doesn't help anyway that, that the government has been embroiled in so much corruption. Which makes a lot of sense. I mean, if I'm an investor watching and listening to this, nah, that's the question I want to ask myself. Like, is it worth mm-hmm. really? putting my money and all of it into creating power in South Africa. Like, am I going to get paid, obviously? But it's a different kind of uh, investment ball, do me, where we need uh, PPPs, we need private yes. Yes. We need the government to partner with private companies. You absolutely cannot expect something like this to be solved by a government that is known to be corrupt, uh, by a government that has actually failed to address this a couple of years before. I mean... There is a chance for investors who really want to put in the money. And sometimes, um, even as the, um, you know, the investment downgrade occurs, I mean, these are opportunities for people to come into countries and set up. You know that um, as uh, investors, they really love to bet on risky markets because that's where... High risk, high return, right? <laughs> Obviously. So this is like a chance. I guess for me yeah. now, the question is, what would you tell me as an investor who is listening or watching this? And I'm pro- I've probably heard of South African problems, but I, I really can solve this. I mean, there, there's going to be something for us. Mm. I mean, obviously, this is a, call it a very serious and negative situation that has got grave impacts on the economy. There's mm. lots of billions of dollars that have been wiped off the gross domestic product, the GDP of the country thus far. And if things are not uh, dealt with decisively this week, then we can expect you know, more money to be bled out from country, right? So even in the face of that, though, business societies, I mean, banks and private sector players have been urging the government to remove barriers to private sector intervention, generation of energy and power. And you can never go wrong the generation of energy and power. And it's only recently that government has started to heed or think of these considerations. And that's a good thing. And so if you're an investor sitting out there, I would say, yes, the country may look less attractive currently. Government, like I mentioned, started opening up the space, inviting key players, um, the independent power production game. Say, you know, there are considerations. This is the limit. Maybe it's 20 megawatts or 30 or 100 or whatever it is. 
So keeping in the ground, um, you can never go wrong with independent power production. There are so many companies that you can then talk to directly. Think of the mining companies, think of the agricultural firms, think of um, like so many big companies that you can then have a deal direct, mm-hmm. directly with. So you don't have to necessarily feed into the, into the national grid. Mm-hmm. Just have a deal with a mining company and say, okay, I'm going to uh, add on 20 megawatts your production capacity. Mm-hmm. And then that's it. That way you hedge against the risks. That is very uh, less attractive current based on what's going on. I, I guess um, I guess it's uh, a lot to look forward to. Obviously, we've come to, we, we always have very few minutes to discuss this. Of course, of course. What I've uh, read is also that um, um, this is going to go on for quite some time. It's it's here to stay. Yeah. yeah. So we don't expect as much to change. But uh, my hope is that small businesses actually survive. I hope we don't take steps back that take us many years, you know, back and cost um, much more money. There's already that is at, at risk in terms of employment, in terms of jobs. But I hope they find a solution. Like you said, engage the private players. For me, I think that's it. I agree. Anyway, Maggie, you know, we could speak about these issues uh, the whole day. Um, but we, I'm afraid we're going to have to leave it here. Mm. Folks, thank you so much for tuning in. Truly, truly appreciate and in case you missed uh, on any news happening around the continent, please visit our website, mansamedia.africa, for anything that you might have missed. And also subscribe to our newsletter. comes out every Friday, Third Opinion. From me, Jimmy Jerry in South Africa, Maggie Omotesi in Dakar, Senegal. Since we are speaking of load shedding, lights out from us. The Weekly Beat by Mansa with your hosts, Arnold Segawa. Maggie Mutesi and Dumi Jerry, giving you all the info on Africa's big finance and economic stories. The Weekly Beat by Mansa.